Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. We are back. Free agency is kind of over. There's a couple of pieces waiting to fall in the free agency frenzy, but we're talking more free agency on the show tonight because there was a ton of signings, which literally this always happens every year. You record a podcast, you do, you put out some content, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I take a quick break. And then the Shefty bombs and the, the rap sheet tweets come out and you're like, oh crap, we missed that on the show. So a lot of signings since we were last on the mic, we're going to talk about those tonight. Fellas, how are we doing? Splendiferous. You're such a nerd. We gravy. All I got. <laughs> oh, these two hooligans. Um, <laughs> boys, we, we we had 200 shows, and I feel like it kind of flew under the radar. <laughs> it was it was like the perfect culmination of just 200 shows, free agency, Okada's birthday, St. Patrick's Day, literally all on the same day. So I just want to take a quick second again to remind everyone, like, seriously, we're super thankful and appreciative of all you guys listening, checking out the show. If you missed 200, go back, check it out. It was so much fun. We had Kate Michelle, the other leaders of Ball Blast Football, on with us to talk about free agency. Things got off the rails as per usual. Lots of good debates and arguments about these free agency signings. But if you missed any of the big players in that, Aaron Jones, um, who else we talk about, like the quarterback situation in Washington with Fitz and Curtis Samuel. The, the early wave of signings, they're all on that podcast. So if that's what you're looking for, go back, check it out. We're going to kick off tonight's show with the biggest signing since free agency probably kicked off, honestly. Kenny Galladay. Kenny G lands in New York. Four years, $72 million. Honestly, guys, I'm a little surprised he got the deal he did considering where the salary cap is at. There's, there's a reason you're seeing all these one-year deals, right? You know, one year for Juju, one year for Will Fuller, all these guys that you would think make more money. But the salary cap is set to inflate next year with the new deal in place. And this year, I was surprised Kenny G got what he did to go to the Giants. But he leaves Matthew Stafford and he gets Daniel Jones. So what do you guys make of the signing as far as the dynasty outlook for the entire Giants roster? And let's not, let's forget to, to mention, too, uh, Saquon Barkley coming back, Sterling Shepard, et cetera, et cetera. So what are you guys' thoughts here on, on the Giants? It is interesting, okay? Because your first, my first gut instinct is I would prefer a better quarterback, right? I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan. However, if you look around the Twitterverse, you will see cropping up from every account that cares about these sort of things some statistics about Daniel Jones' deep passing. And it's pretty good. And that's nice because that's what Kenny Galladay exceeds at. And in fact, is possibly. Uh, under the radar, one of the best in the NFL. Uh, Kenny Galladay is, that is. Now, these stats would indicate that Daniel Jones also is. Deep passing passer rating and things like this, accuracy. I'm still not fully convinced, but the second thought that I have is he's going to get a lot of targets, in my opinion. I don't think this team's going to be very good. I think he's by far the clear-cut number one. There's a couple other guys behind him that serve as like wide receiver three type players. And then Saquon Barkley obviously is going to get his fair share. But I think Kenny Galladay has a chance at like 130 to 140 targets. And with his yards per reception, if Daniel Jones can be decent throwing the ball deep, that's that's pretty nice. So uh, it's, it's good. I 
I agree. And I think that this is not comparing Daniel Jones to Drew Locke, but situationally, Whoa. it's kind of like it's like last yeah. year where we've given you some pieces. You've got Saquon coming back. We went and we spent mm. big money on a one. I think this mm-hmm. is the make or break year for Daniel Jones before they decide if he is their long term option or not, because they need to start taking a look at an extension for him soon, or at least picking up that fifth-year option. Um, it needs to happen, or fourth-year. I think he only needs a fourth-year option, I think, on his contract. No. But anyways, he's getting close. Is it a fifth? Yeah, because he's like pick 10, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first okay. round pick. Yeah, that's right. I had a total brain part. If only they had a good tight end, am I right? Whew. Yeah, too bad they've got two now. Um, yeah, speaking of, let's just throw that in real quick. Sure. Uh, Kyle Rudolph signs yeah. a two-year deal to land in New York to play with Kenny Galladay. Now, yeah, so as of right I now, think- what's the status on his uh, physical and injury stuff, Bets? He's good. He passed it. He signed the deal. Okay, good. Sweet. Yeah, so he's a, he's officially a giant. Um, I don't have a strong take on the signing. Like, I'm happy he got money. I'm happy he got paid. But like, who else was competing with the Giants? Like, honestly, the Bears kind of came in late, allegedly. Like, I feel like they kind of got like tricked I into totally signing him to a huge did they deal. Really, did they? <laughs> did apparently, they honestly apparently. Look, do they apparently, need that's, more that's the tight ends on their roster? <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about. No, no, I'm talking about uh, Kenny Galladay. Oh, jeez, oh. I thought you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was Hilarious. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. They love they love tight ends. No, the the signing for Kenny Galladay, like I'm happy he got paid. Yeah. But you know, Kenny Galladay isn't I, I feel like we've seen flashes of what he could be, which is an alpha one. But he's mm-hmm. kind of not really put it together in a full season. So he had Matthew Stafford, who I think is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in football. And yep. he goes to a guy that just has lots of question marks. So I'm not saying it can't work. I'm just not sure. And if there's someone else that in Dynasty is like, hey, man, Kenny G wheels up like the one he's going to get all these targets from Daniel Jones. I'm probably going to sell if they're willing to pay full price for Kenny Galladay. Let's talk about the other pieces there. Sterling Shepard, meh, doesn't really change his value. I think he goes back into the slot, which is actually where he plays his best football. So I kind of like that as like a PPR wide receiver three cheap buy in Dynasty. Again, people don't like those small trades, but that's what wins in Dynasty, honestly. And then how about Darius Slayton? This is bad news for Darius Slayton, in my opinion. 439 yep. speedster type of guy that you talked about the deep ball last year with Daniel Jones and how this is going to be it for Darius Slayton and the Kenny Galladay signs there. So what are you guys' thoughts on Darius Slayton? Like a hold and stash or just sell for whatever you can get? I probably buy, hold honestly. until I I probably hold until he has a blow up game in the first two or three weeks, hopefully, and then try to sell. Because yeah, last year we got a lot uh, a lot of flashes from him because of what they had there, which was nothing besides not having a one. They also didn't have Saquon Barkley. So the targets had to go somewhere and enough went to him that we got to see a lot of flashes. Now with Kenny G and Saquon back, he is easily the fourth, if not maybe the fifth target, depending on if you want to put one of the tight ends there. I can't see that being reliable in any fashion for fantasy. So if he gives me one game worth selling on, I will do it for not that expensive. Yeah, there's no reason to sell right now at a depreciated value off the Kenny Galladay news. I'm completely with Okada, though. As soon as, because he is really good at the big play. It's big play slay, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that was the moniker last year for him. When he does cash in on one or two deep balls in one game, 
then yeah, just get out. You know, I would honestly, I'd, probably, I'd take a third for Darius Slayton. I, if I can squeeze a second out of it, fantastic. But yeah, I just don't see any sort of long-term value there for Darius Slayton. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, this shocked everyone. Honestly, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, talks about like. He was on like Twitch or something like gaming and he was like, you know, free Juju on, on the 17th. I'm free. Like all of a sudden talking to this big game about he's going to test the market. And I think he kind of like realized, you know, like we were talking at the top of the show, the, the money isn't there right now in the NFL to sign these huge contracts. And he said, okay, I'll go back to Pittsburgh. One year deal, $8 million. Reportedly had offers from the Eagles, had offers from the Chiefs, um, the Ravens. I, I just, I can't fathom like having the opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes versus playing with a 39-year-old Big Ben clearly declining in his career, where, honestly, I think Juju would excel as the two next to uh, Tyreek Hill. Well, technically the three yeah. with Travis Kelsey. But it, it, the skill set, I think, would work perfectly for what they need. And he goes back to Pittsburgh. Last year, honestly, in my opinion, was probably more than what you should expect this year, just based off the fact that literally they did not run the football at all. Juju thrived essentially as the running back in the short passing game, thanks to Big Ben not willing to push the ball downfield or not letting them push the ball downfield. But he was a PPR, like huge reception guy. He didn't even go over a thousand yards and he caught like what 80 plus footballs last year. So I don't know if anyone's excited about this. I feel like I'm maybe trying to test the waters in selling Juju, but I feel like his name just in Dynasty is like, ugh. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? All right. I'm gonna throw down. I'm gonna throw down a, a thought here, and you guys tell me what you how you feel about it. Okay. Last season, okay. you 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 gave a you threw out a a ballpark floor bets eighty plus receptions. That feels like a good thing to say. That feels like about right. He had ninety seven catches. Did he really? Ninety seven catches. He couldn't clear a thousand yards. And he had nine touchdowns. Okay. How many receivers in the history of fantasy have had 97 catches and nine touchdowns and been like forgettable or bad for fantasy in that season? I didn't look it up, but I can guarantee you it's not very many. He was doo-doo, or he appeared to be doo-doo, juju doo-doo, because he had 8.6 yards Ew. per reception. 8.6 yards per reception is embarrassingly low. That is literally running back numbers to Betts' point. And in the first three years of his career, it was around 13 to 14 pretty much consistently i don't think they can continue to play the game they were playing last year and i think that his yards per reception suffered because of it and i think that having a good running game while it might bring his reception total down maybe might unlock the offense a little bit to be able yeah, yeah. to give him space open things up and allow him to get deeper again maybe the reason he was so bad on the yards per reception metric is because like you said, he had to literally be the running game. And, you know, they were trying to use him to gain five yards and uh, get to the sticks instead of do what he has done for the first few years of his career and be explosive. So I don't think that number can say where it is. I think it has to bounce back up. Is it likely he doesn't get 97 catches again? Maybe, but I believe in Juju's talent. We know he's still incredibly young, 24 years old. I think I'm willing to buy here before he gets the three to four year 10 million plus dollar a year deal that he signed this one year prove it deal in order to get because I believe he will get that basically what you're doing right now in Dynasty is deciding whether or not you think Juju will get that 
Will this season relegate him to being a wide receiver two guy that gets eight million a year for the rest of his career? Or will he have a great season that earns him a four year, 12 million, 15 million year dollar uh, kind of contract? And if he does that, and if you believe he'll do that, you should buy him now. So I'm very, very in with Okada on this very much lockstep. A couple things. Did you guys see Matt Harmon's reception perception on Juju Smith-Schuster? He just tweeted out the chart Thank like you. two days ago. It was like 32%. It was right under a third of his routes were slants. It was all that they asked him to do last year was to be the possession, <clears throat> excuse me, move the chain guy because they didn't have a run game. I very much agree with Okada. I also think that this defense took a big step back in free agency this year. They lost some major pieces on that side, including Bud Debris um, being one of them. So that Super Bowl caliber elite defense that they were playing with last year, I think is going to regress a little bit to be a little bit softer. I also think that they're going to address running back very early in the draft, like first or second round, potentially be looking to get a running back in there. Um, and I think that a good young running back, one, whoever – whatever running back goes there, if it's Najee Harris, if it's Javante Williams, anything like that, sexy landing spot. I love it. But I agree that getting a run game there, they can start to use Juju in other ways and push him down the field a little bit more instead of just being a three-step drop and a slant to try to pick up four to six yards like Okada was saying. So I think that the talent is there, and I do think that he's a great buy low right now because I do think a lot of people are looking at him and saying, ew, he's back with Ben Roethlisberger, and what's that going to look I don't really care. He's going to be probably a good wide receiver two for your fantasy team this year and or, or a flex option, and then potentially go sign a good contract and blow up two years from now. Okada's okay, guys. smiling. Uh, yeah, I, I decided to there. just do the research that I proposed while John was talking, okay? Meeting Juju's uh, numbers for receptions and touchdowns or more, there have been 70 guys, 70 wide receivers to meet both of those two numbers. Greatest R ever remind, fantasy season? Oh, 97 catches, nine touchdowns. Okay. Those are the two minimums. Jerry Rice, 414 fantasy points was the best ever of those 70 guys. The lowest ever... First of all, second place, 260. Third, 265, 266. 260 okay, so to that 400? Range. Yeah, 260 like, is, is the second fewest. Yes. And 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 everything from like second to fifth is in that 260 to 280 range. That's as low as it got. Wow. At the lowest ever with those two minimums, 234 fantasy points, Juju Smith-Schuster in 2020. Of Amazing. 70 wide receivers to ever do that. That is not going to happen again. That that kind of outlier production is insane. He has to get better in that category. What, what you're saying, though, is if you're projecting that forward, is that he has to meet those thresholds. Is that what you're saying? And well, I'm just saying better? that he is the kind of guy who meets who can meet those two thresholds. And last season, the reason that we thought it was a bad fantasy season, and generally it was quite bad. Well, I don't even know if it's I mean, it was wide bad. receiver 22 in PPR. Yeah, it, it, it was all right. It was not as yeah. good as it should have been. The Fine. reason is because those yards perception were so low that he is the lowest fantasy scorer of 70 guys to ever hit those other two numbers. And when that comes back up, it's going to make his fantasy numbers come back up significantly. Yeah, I think I see what you're saying there. The The tricky part is, you know, it's just you have to ask yourself a question. Like, with with Juju, can he be an efficiency guy 
and can De Deontay Johnson develop into like the wide receiver one role that you know Juju thrived in alongside AB? And also, oh, by the way, Chase Claypool is an absolute freak. Is he going to take a step forward? Oh, by the way, Big Ben still loves James Washington. And oh, by the way, now they may not throw the ball when they get in close. And last year, that's when Juju had a couple of touchdowns on just short crossers. So I really, it's a coin flip, honestly, in terms of how he's going to project forward. I agree, though. The efficiency has to come up. He had what, 6.6 .6 yards per target? That was seventh worst among all wide receivers in football last year. That's good. So, so bad for a guy that I think is still talented. So I'm not saying he can't do it. I just have questions about the entire situation. And obviously, a lot will play out over the rest of the offseason. All right, boys, let's move on. Another wide receiver here. This guy is a veteran. T.Y. Hilton. He is back with Indy. And honestly, I, I don't know if there was much of a market for T.Y. Hilton. Still, I think, beneficial for a wide receiver in the NFL in terms of how he helps the NFL team. But I agree for fantasy. I want no part of this. I think collectively as a group, we were all last year like, yeah, no, no way. I'm out. And, you know, it's if you, there's an opportunity in someone in your league says, hey, man, T.Y. Hilton, that's a pretty sweet name. I know that guy. He put up a thousand yards for like four or five years in a row over the last three or four injuries, smaller guy phasing out, obviously over the age of 30. I don't have much else to add. I'm out. I think it's good for Wentz. And I think it's good. I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's fine for T.Y. Hilton, but to your point, I don't want him on my fantasy team. But I, I would say it's it's good for him, I guess, if you mm -hmm. have him as your wide receiver five and you need to stick him in your flex spot every now and again. But the worst impact for me is I think it pushes Michael Pittman's breakout probably a little bit because I was really excited about Michael Pittman being the clear-cut one. He probably still will be, but given T.Y. Hilton's like presence on this team, who he's been in this organization for years, the fact that he was a multi-year pro bowler and is going to still command targets, I think a good number of them. I think we, that this could be like an A.J. Green in Cincinnati situation last year where T. Higgins was held back, and now T. Higgins can still break out. I mean, could have still broken out more. But A.J. Green, not good, but still got a ton of targets because of who he is. I think we might see a similar thing with T.Y. Hilton, and Michael Pitt might be where he could have broken out to like top 15 this year, maybe even he might be relegated to like top 25 as a ceiling because of this, which I don't like. Uh, yeah. Co-signed. I'm not going to wax on very long on it. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Let's move on. Kind of a meh signing. Meh. Uh, yep. yeah. Lots of meh. Good for Josh their Reynolds, offense as a whole though. Like I like it yeah, for yeah. their offense. I like it for Wentz. I think it will help open things up because he is a deep speed guy and they need that piece. So, Agree. Josh Reynolds, one-year deal with the Titans. He's kind of splashed here and there in Dynasty. He's been that guy that you stash on your roster and you spot start him as you need to with the Rams. But he lands in Tennessee. And fellas, I mean, honestly, it's A.J. Brown and who else, right? They lose Corey Davis in free agency to the Jets. They lose Jonu to the Patriots. Adam Humphreys was released. I mean, there are so many vacated targets that you have to ask yourself, like, okay, this is an offense that relies on efficiency. We haven't seen Josh Reynolds really thrive in a full-time role. So I'm not saying he's going to be a consistent producer, but I think he still fits the mold of a guy to add to the end of your roster who you can spot start as a wide receiver three, four on bye weeks and flex plays, and he'll be fine. But let's not bore ourselves. I want to talk about the absolute ceiling for A.J. Brown on this podcast because yes. holy crap, if he gets... <laughs> More than, let's say, like, what, 125 to, like, 130, 135 targets with how efficient he has been. 
Very I mean, doable. he could push like top three production this year in fantasy. Do you guys agree with that? If he gets over 135, I think he could be the wide receiver one. Ooh, Ooh. I like it. No question in my mind. He scored 11 touchdowns last year on 106 targets and had 1,100 yards. How if many targets? Gets, yeah. Uh, 106. If he gets 135. Wow. So another 30 I don't targets. think there's any way he's. Yeah. He, he has to be over 1,300 and could lead the league in touchdowns. Could be fun. Just saying. Could be fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if he has overall wide receiver one upside in him because of how many damn touchdowns Derrick Henry takes at the goal line. So I think that around that ten to twelve, maybe thirteen touchdown mark, I think is a high water mark for him. And don't get me wrong, that still sounds a lot like a top three to five guy, which is freaking phenomenal. But when you're talking about guys like Devontae Adams, who is the offense, especially in the red zone, and could flirt with 18 to 20 touchdowns in any given season, I think that saying that he has the number one overall wide receiver upside is a little bit out there. But I do think that, man, the door is wide open for A.J. Brown to just leap forward into being an elite option. Like it's, it's, it is very, very nice. Yep. Can we uh, have any sort of reasonable hope or is it completely wishful thinking to return to the stat that we often use? I think originally brought up by Kyle Borgagnoni that it, when reset, when targets leave a team <laughs> through wide receivers and tight ends, they go to the running, running back, back. Yes. and believe that Derek Henry will actually finally get some targets, which he always uses extremely well, or is that completely off our rocker stuff there if it was any other team i would be listening to that vacation targets model um <laughs> but with tennessee ah man i don't think so maybe i mean if it gets him 10 more targets on the season it's an extra eight catches and maybe an extra one receiving touchdown on those oh, extra you know he's 10 taking targets, a screen house a screen pass to the house Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's like literally every time unstoppable. It's the most screen. unstoppable playing football, and they won't. It run, is. And I don't no. understand. It's really dumb. Yeah. But this is not a Derrick Henry conversation. But in general, I do like Josh Reynolds. I think. Yeah. Josh Reynolds is a nice, like, depth piece to add for cheap. Like, you could probably yeah. get him for a fourth round rookie pick. Throw him on, it's your, gonna be on your bench. It's going to be great. You can start him. It's going to be great when they draft a wide receiver on day two. Probably. That, too. Probably. That's a good place to, to watch for landing spot for sure yeah. for a rookie. I will also just quickly throw out. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Anthony Ferkser. He is back on a one-year no. deal with the Titans. He flashed last year. I'm a degenerate. I played him in, in DFS a couple of times. And he's going to have every pass-catching opportunity when they get in close where Janu has previously thrived. Now, is he the same athlete as Janu? No, of course not. Janu's a freak of nature. But he is a guy who I think could surprise us. And like all of a sudden, you look at the end of the year and you're like, how the heck did Anthony friggin' Ferkser catch eight touchdowns last year and all of a sudden you're like sweet back in tight end one for free i traded a 2022 third round rookie pick to get ferkser as a backup tight end on a roster okay fine i'm just saying i mean if you need a if you need a plug and play streaming option at tight end who might yeah. get you 30 yards or might get you 31 yards and a touchdown 
then Anthony Ferkser is that kind of tight end for you. Um, back end tight end one is literally the most useless term in all of fantasy football. I loathe it or entirely. Injury prone. Or Those injury two. prone. <laughs> Those two are, of course, the doctor man would say that. Um, <laughs> but those two terms hold little to zero weight at all. A back end tight end one, there's going to be 13 to 15 guys that are all going to be somewhere between like 400 to 600 yards and somewhere between five to eight touchdowns. And a back end tight end one is just a, another streaming option. Like if you don't have one of the top three guys or Kyle Pitts, then they're all the same. I don't care about back end tight end one. I think he's a fine streaming option. I'm not going to go trade for him. I think you're st stupid for doing that. I, I don't get it. Woo! But <laughs> get but, wrecked. <laughs> but if you got him, if he's if he's on the free agency, if he's like sitting out there on your on your waiver wire, That's, like yeah, all right, sure, I'll I'll toss him on the end of the bench. I can't. Yeah, I forget what me first are yeah. Come on. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna. I, I didn't know John and I were gonna be friends after that comment. <laughs> Uh, I believe in transparency in this analysis, uh, and I'm now terrified to tell you guys anything that I do because <laughs> you're so yelling. <laughs> um, when Anthony Ferkser catches a touchdown in week one, I would like you to tweet at me, John, please, and let the people know that's I was wrong, man. I'm sorry. The Ferk Daddy, no, 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 what I'm gonna do, what he I'm has had one touchdown in each of his three seasons, so he's gonna get one at some point. Thank there you. you go. What I'm gonna do is when he catches a touchdown in week one, which is a pretty good chance that he will. I'm going to tweet at you with the on pace guy numbers. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do. He's I'm going to tweet at you. For 16 Anthony touchdowns is this on year. pace. What's, what's, what's 35 times 16? Like roughly 500, oh, upper 500 yards. It's like he's on pace for 500 yards and 16 touchdowns. Sounds Sweet. like a good trade candidate to me. Uh, no, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Anthony Ferkser talk on the show. Let's get into a couple more veteran pass catchers here. And I'll just kind of throw this out to you guys. Deshaun Jackson, one-year deal with the Rams. I mean, listen, it's a it's a cap-friendly deal. The team needs to save money. Deshaun Jackson has always excelled for his NFL team when he is on the field. Now, that's what you're going to hear everyone say, right? When he is on the field. Because the bottom line is, he hasn't been. So many injuries, like literally too many to name. Otherwise, the podcast will be over at this point. I don't think you're really trading for Deshaun Jackson. I don't think you're really excited about it. Maybe a splash play here or there. But holy crap, do I love this for Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. Ellis, uh, the MVP I... bet by yours truly has been placed for Matthew Stafford. Has I got it at... Oh, I, yes, I hit. I got it at 18-1 to 1 today. Love it. I like those odds. On what what are your thoughts on, on Stafford and fantasy football this year, though? Uh, first of all, well, I'm not allowed to bet, but if I was, that might be like among the top bets that I would consider. I freaking love Matthew Stafford for fantasy, and it is getting better and better. Uh, will this change things much? I don't know. If D-Jax plays 16 games, yes, for sure. If he plays eight games, yeah, it'll be solid. And if he plays two games, which is probably what's going to happen, it's okay. I still love Matthew Stafford. So this can only be great. And yeah, I... Like, I don't know, I I drafted him in our Ball Blast uh, startup dynasty draft that we're doing. In the Which is taking a month! Exactly where. Yes, on purpose. Pick up the pace! Oh. It's taking so long. Oh my god. Right, we, we should tell this about that at some point. 
do it now. All right, wait, wait. Oh, we're going to stop that. Oh they have to know. So, <laughs> listeners, here's what all happened, right? right? All Blast decided amongst all our writers and uh, and owners to do a league together. But certain degenerate people, namely John and I'm also Mike, demanded that we start it right then when the idea came <laughs> up, which was about a month ago, literally, I think. Yeah. And I... I was a champion uh, with a couple supporters of you guys are out of your mind. Let's wait until after free agency. You numb nuts is bets agree, but didn't say much. So I kind of blame him to a large degree. Dude, we started a month ago and bets and I spent the first, I don't know how many rounds <laughs> fully trolling John. There was an eight hour pick. And we spent as much of the time as possible each time not picking and texting each other Literally, about what Okada. we were doing. Oh, I know. And I knew they kept it from me. And then when we got on to record like three weeks ago now, they're like, so how's the draft going? And I was like, F all of you, all <laughs> of you for what you are doing right now. Um, there was a one <laughs> well, point that Okada took a timer, an eight-hour clock, down to under two minutes. To <laughs> yes, and I was sitting we, like, I'm pretty we sure single-handedly. I, like, I don't know. Took what happened years off John's life with this yes. draft, and oh. I'm not gonna lie, went I'm more great. So proud of us, Okada. No, one I, of my you know, greatest accomplishments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every draft has those people that are at the turn and they're just so annoying. You know what I mean? Like it's like, hey man, just like double like double tap, go for it. Like two players, just bang bang, go. Uh -huh. I would purposely pick one player. <laughs> I was at the turn because you and both just wait the like turns. these three two hours have both <laughs> turns. They oh my god! If you ever played in a league with John, make sure that you league. just yeah, make sure you just wait as long as possible. He loves it. He's the pick police. So he will come at you Thank and he you. will knock on your front door. He will text you. Thank he will call you. He will email you. He will send you a letter in the mail to let you know you're on the clock. So it was just so much fun. I will sure. also send a Our character. boy, John. Um, yes, you will. I, I just looked it up. Our draft started on March 4th. So 20 days ago today. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, we it feels like it. longer, to be honest. It does. Uh, that was a nice little diatribe. Don't worry. How many off. rounds do we still have to go? Hold on. Hold on. Before we, before we go back in. Oh, like How many rounds are there 15. left? Let's take a look at the draft board. There's uh, there are 12 still, rounds left. In, 12 and a half? Yeah. So at this pace, these two idiots might be able to drag this out until the NFL draft. Maybe. You love to see if it. you think Maybe. that's not our goal, you're off your rocker. <laughs> also, oh, I quickly checked. I'm in the stage of... I'm in the stage of grieving now where I'm just in acceptance. I don't like, actually not, think we can I'm make it last of the draft. There's no way. Because these rounds no. are like, there's going to be less trading. It's, But in any case, I took, the, the whole point of this, because I brought it up, was that I took him. I took him as a QB 12. To me, that feels like a pretty good bargain. And it was after, it was like well after a run of QBs. Like that first two round run that you get in Dynasty Superflex startups. And then there's a long gap. And then I got him. I love that. I think he's going to be a mid to maybe even high end QB one for the next several years. Yeah, I'm in agreement. He has the best skill players that he's ever had, the best offensive coordinator that he's ever had, the best head coach that he's ever had, the best line that he's ever had, and the best defense that he's ever had. He's in the best ecosystem in every single way 
let alone going from Detroit in the winter yep. to Los yep. Angeles in yep. the winter. Yeah. In a brand Maddie, new stadium. Uh, yeah, brand new stadium. Matty Safford, I think, is going to uh, be doing very, very nice. And I think that right now is his floor in terms of value. I think he's being treated like a quarterback, too. And mm-hmm. I sense. think that he's going to be very, very good. Just like Brady going down to Tampa and being a mid-range QB1 this last year, which I didn't think that he would. Um, I think that Stafford is going to go do the same thing. I think he's going to go down there and he's going to just ball. Yep. It's going to be a ton of fun. One of my favorite trade targets, even in single quarterback, honestly, but definitely mm-hmm. in Superflex, the the floor uh, is his price right now. So yes, trade for him. Okay, let's move on to some more exciting running back talk. Johnny Pooh, the Seattle Seahawks have brought back Chris Carson. Yeah. I love. That? Like This was a best case scenario for Chris Carson's fantasy value because you know who loves him? Pete Carroll. Petey. And you know what else Pete loves? Pete the man running the damn ball. Oh, also loves establishing, <laughs> yes, establishing the living crap out of the run. Chris Carson's going to see a ton of volume this year. And now, look, Rashad Penny, yes, he finally will actually be on the field. Uh, well worth the first round pick, in my opinion. However, Ooh, sorry, I'm just kidding. Uh, however, I talk, love Chris Carson as an RB2. You want to talk? <laughs> first round uh-huh. no. Hey, all you three of us, man. We all oh thought my God, drafting so fantasy bad. players in the first round. <laughs> we but could no, have had Chris Nick Carson. effing Chubb instead of Rashad Penny. Just saying. They said Chubb no. Rashad will do. Let's talk Chris Carson. In my opinion, rock solid RB2 in fantasy. You know what you're going to get from him. You know they're going to run the football. Now, there's, you know, the, I think this is kind of cooled a little bit with the Russ talk out of Seattle, but... Assuming Russ stays, which I hope he will, and I think he does. Um, Chris Carson, RB2, rock-solid trade target for like a second-round rookie pick for a contending roster. Absolutely love it. Agree. Yep. Smash, I did not think that we would get him back. I think that um, the whole cap situation this year, with it being so much lower than expected, really benefited us in being able to get him back because we brought him back like two years, eight mils something like that. I mean, it wasn't much. It was a very friendly, friendly signing. And I thought that he would have commanded more of a market than that. It might have been because of his injury history that he did not get the money. But he actually, I, I got the numbers real quick, John. It's actually a pretty decent uh, signing. Two years, uh, 14.625. So he said two years, oh, eight, like eight mil per year. So it's it's decent starting running back money for a guy like you're saying that has a lot of that injury history. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, a little over seven a year. That That's lower than the tag amount last year that Kenyon Drake was playing on in Arizona for Chris Carson, is, who has proven to be very, very efficient and fits their scheme incredibly well. So, yeah, I love him as a trade target for a contending team because he's going to get the ball a lot, and he's proven to be like a back-end RB1. So if you can treat him as an RB2, um, then yeah, I like it. Still just 26 years old. You love to see it. John, professional transition, by the way, dude. Like, that was great. Let's talk Kenyon Drake. Oh. Oh, Lordy. How about it? Wish he was still playing on the franchise tag. Is happening. Kenyon Drake signs a two-year deal to go to Vegas to play alongside of, or behind, or ahead of, or I'm not even sure, Josh Jacobs. (laughs) On top of is what it is. What are the Raiders doing? What is happening? 
You I have, have a great no pass catching back in Josh Jacobs, who excelled at Alabama in that role. He has flashed when they actually do throw him the football, which is like one time a game. And now you're paying a guy starter money to come in specifically to catch the football. They are hellbent on not letting Josh Jacobs catch passes. They have brought in so many pass catching backs over the years, and the names are disgusting of who they brought in. Listen, they dismantled the offensive line. I want no part of Kenny Drake. I want no part of Josh Jacobs in fantasy at all. This is horrific for both of their fantasy values. Are you guys more optimistic than me? Because I clearly am not very happy. Hell no. Okay, good. There is Darren Waller, and there is nothing else. Yes. Okay, John Brown. Nope. No. You don't like I mean, to be fair, I drafted John Brown, but it was in like <laughs> the 15th round of this startup that we're doing. And I, uh, John Brown needs a, court, a a good offensive line to protect his quarterback for four seconds while he gets downfield. Yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah, this this team is not going to be good. It's like, it's like they decided to rebuild during free agency. Like it was a weird sort of thing. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like. You're going to spend money on another running back, but you're going to cut or trade like all of your offense alignment. Like that process makes zero sense. And they traded a couple away and they got some picks back uh, for those offense alignments. So it's like they just want to like rebuild or something. I, I don't, I have no idea. What the hell is Mayock doing? I, I have no clue. What is going on in Las Vegas? No idea. Um, to speak to how much they don't want Josh Jacobs to catch the football, can you guys name the RB3 currently on the depth chart who they just re-signed a one-year deal? Oh, um, 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 oh geez. Is Passing he down sick? specialist. Uh, not not just, Dwayne Washington. He's somewhere else now, I think. Detroit Lions. No. Listeners know it. Um, Amir Abdullah. Theo oh, Riddick. They re-signed yes. Theo Riddick to a one-year, $1.75 million deal, which Gross. I guarantee you he was not going to get anywhere else. Like He's probably a league minimum player at this point in his career. I, I just I just don't understand. So out, let's out. talk Josh Jacobs real quick in terms of dynasty. What do you do if you have Josh Jacobs on your roster asking for myself? Bury him. Probably hope... Oh my gosh. <laughs> probably hope that... Uh, someone in your league doesn't realize how bad this is and still wants to buy him at the dynasty price that he's been and try to sell him ASAP. That's probably the best I can say. And honestly, I would probably take a second for him with I no would. hesitation. I would easily take a second wow. for Josh Jacobs right now. Which is yeah. rough for a running back that was previously worth like two firsts a year ago, maybe. Right. Yeah. God, I'm just very, very out on josh jacobs and honestly it's it's not anything that anyone could have predicted he's an incredibly talented back and now all of a sudden las vegas decided to blow up their offensive line and sign Kenyon Drake. it makes no sense like your process as a fantasy manager for having josh jacobs was not a bad process but now you just have to adapt to the new reality of mike mayock and chucky down there having no effing clue what they're doing in roster construction Knock on wood if yeah, you're with me. And I just want to, yeah, just spin it real quick. Yeah, good call there. <laughs> Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> spin it real quick, just looking at the team outlook, right? Like we talked about the defense being one of the worst in the league, and now they're like dismantling the line. Like I don't understand. 
But in the splits last season for Josh Jacobs, when the Raiders won, he produced 19.9 fantasy points per game. He is the definition of a player who gets the ball when they're ahead. In losses, averaged 9.2, only played 55% of the snaps as opposed to 63 in those situations. So if you think the Raiders are going to be a bad football team this year, which I do, Josh Jacobs is going to be RB2 flex maybe territory. Like, it's going to be bad. So, yes, I'm out for whatever I can get pretty much at this point. Same. Sad times. All righty. Mike Davis, he saved your dynasty rosters last year if you had him, honestly, producing multiple RB1 weeks, lots of RB2 weeks with Christian McCaffrey banged up. He lands in Atlanta on a two-year deal, stays in the division. This feels like a placeholder. It kind of feels like a situation where Atlanta is probably going to bring in a rookie back and compete with Mike Davis or kind of have a 1A, 1B situation. Or if they draft early, then clearly he's behind the rookie. But I don't know. I, I kind of feel stuck with Mike Davis. Like if you have him, I'm sort of like, yeah, great. I'll just hold him and kind of wait and see what happens. But if you don't have him, do you think it's worth acquiring for, let's say, like a third round pick to get some depth on your roster? For a third, it would have. Uh... I think if it was a late third, I'd probably do it. Not a high third, though. Yeah, I don't know. because Mike, Mike Davis excelled for the, with the Panthers because that offense makes running backs incredible. Right. Well, now, Arthur Smith coming Arthur to town. Davis, or Arthur Smith, rather. Yeah, is, is there, which was the Titans. Yes, who, did, uh, who refused to uh, throw the ball to his running back. True. Mike Davis got a lot of targets. That's playing the McCaffrey role. That's why he was so good. True. I, I think like, that it's tough I mean, to trade for him. It's tough to trade for him right now because if you give up a third to go get him, there's a very, very possible chance that you're just lighting that pick on fire when they take Javante Williams in a month or something like that. And then Mike Davis is just dead. And he's a backup running back again, and his career is probably over and never sees the field again unless there's an injury. So it's tough to trade for him. If you have him, I'd hold. If there's someone in your league that is hyper about the thought that they somehow think he's going to be the starting running back week one, then I'd sell him. But I don't know. I think mostly he's probably just a hold right now, which sucks because it's hard to forecast. But like, I, if I had to place money, I think that they went and signed a veteran to be a bridge for the rookie that they're inevitably going to be bringing in. That's the situation that I think is most likely to happen. So I'm not going to go trade for Mike Davis if I think that that's going to be the reality. And, and I might be wrong, and maybe he is their starter, and you know that comes back. But you have to try to forecast ahead. You can't wait for things to happen and then make a move. And forecasting ahead, I think they're probably taking a running back early. And and you know day two running back and i think that mike davis is just going to be relegated to a backup role yeah they're taking a running back i mean they're taking a running back it's mike davis ito smith quadra allison and some guy named tony brooks james with a hyphen clearly naturally (laughs) three first names get him off the roster (laughs) you get out of here now you get those three first names off the depth chart uh so yes i'm selling mike davis (laughs) if at all possible all right, let's talk Tevin Coleman. He 
was the guy you trade you know you traded everything to get him before free agency because you just knew he was going to test the market a couple years ago and you knew he was going to be an rb1 and you knew you had this diamond in the rough just waiting on your roster and now it looks so 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 silly he lands on a one-year deal with the jets it makes a lot of sense given the connections with the coaching staff coming over from san francisco he's very familiar with their system i think it could be a running back friendly situation i'm just not sure Tevin Coleman is good anymore. Like we've seen him deal with a litany of injuries. And last year, guys, he was awful when he had the opportunity. Now, granted, it was kind of in and out of the lineup, but at 27 years old, you know, he's kind of a guy that just profiles is like each year the name is there, but you're like, yeah, it's it's not good. Like it's it's going the wrong, wrong direction. Um, average 3.6 yards per carry without catching passes. So I don't know. I'm out. Why not Tevin Coleman? How much yeah. did the he's gonna be? Yeah, two mil. That's cheap. Okay. He's going to be 28. That's running back cliff point, and he already hit his cliff last year from what we could see. He's on a team that is not going to be good. It might be a system that's somewhat friendly to running backs, but the team and the offense are not going to be good. I don't care if they manage to draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields second overall, and he, he they that whoever they draft turns out to be an excellent quarterback. I still don't think this offense is going to be good. The 49ers offense was extremely efficient. That's why it was so good for running backs. And it was Best extremely creative. Yeah. I don't see that being the case here in New York. I don't see him being good enough to overcome that. So if you told me I could have Mike Davis or Tevin Coleman, I would take Mike Davis straight up. And I think there's a possibility Mike Davis is even cheaper. But in any case, I don't really want much with, to do with Tevin Coleman. Perfect. I think we can all agree on that one. Um, do you guys, Mike Boone. Do you think they're going to address Go running back in the draft, or do you think that they're going to roll with the combination of Coleman and P. Ryan and address all their mm. other needs? Because I, I know that's, that's not a great combo, but they have so many needs on the team. Are they going to spend high on running roster. back? Yeah, Ty Johnson. They might not. They might not spend a day two pick on him on one, but I spent. I think they'll spend a day three pick at least. Yeah, I think they'll take a running back. It's just a matter of when do they do it. Because like you're saying, they have so many needs. And we know they're taking a quarterback most, I mean, 99% chance at two. So, I don't know. They, they're clearly a team that needs to build for the future. And does a running back really help you do that? Right. No. You know, so I could see a scenario where they take someone in like the fourth or fifth round. And then maybe mm -hmm. one of these guys has some spike weeks. And you're like, oh, cool. Like, maybe you have the Jets running back. And the next week, it's Seven Coleman. The next week, it's Ty Johnson. The next week, it's the rookie. It's like, so yeah, I think... There is a chance that they draft one. Either way, I'll let someone else have that that situation. Mike Boone lands on a two-year deal in Denver. Now, Philip Lindsay was tendered. And then they said, JK, LOL. Sorry, Philip. We take that back. You're gone. <laughs> he signs a one-year deal oh, in my. Houston, which what the heck are they doing in Houston? Who knows? I don't really want to. I don't want to talk about Houston. I mean, there's no relevance in fantasy for those those backs behind David Johnson with Mark Ingram. But last year, it was very very obvious, and we all talked about the Melvin Gordon situation. I was the highest of the three of of the three of us on him because I said, "Look, I think he's going to get to the goal line work. He'll probably get some passing down work. You're going to look back at the end of the year and be like, how did Melvin Gordon finish as like RB 16?'" I wasn't excited about the process of how it was going to happen, but I thought at the year's end, he would be a fine running back. He finished the running back 14, but yep. that was because Philip Lindsay was injured most of the year. 
they did not want to give him the lion's share of the touches. They had a clear plan, and it started in August in training camp. All the beat reporters started saying, it looks like a 50-50 split. It looks like Lindsey's involved. Melvin Gordon's involved too, but it's going to be shared time, you know, backfield. Mike Boone's going to have a little bit of fantasy relevance here, and no one is talking about Mike Boone. And it's not because I think he's a great player. I think he's perfectly fine. I think he's average. But he's shown flashes in like preseason games when he's got in opportunity in, in the Vikings' backfield. I'm just saying, again, we're talking gross trades. If you can give a fourth or a fifth to get Mike Boone on your roster today for a plug-and-play bi-week flex type of situation, I'm doing it. I mean, who are you going to take in the fourth round of this year's draft class? Especially when Melvin Gordon gets arrested for another Dewey and then gets suspended. He's also older and has an injury history. Right. Mm, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of person where, like, you want players at that value. You're looking for players that have a path to relevance, even if they're not relevant yet. And with an older running back that's on the last year of his deal, um, who has had some injuries and has had some off the field stuff. Yeah. I'll take a flyer on Mike Boone. And then if something happens to Melvin Gordon, you have a starting running back and who knows now, granted uh, they do still have Royce Freeman there. Um, so rules Royce, baby, but yeah, Mike Boone's someone that I'll take a, a, a like long shot on end of the bench stash kind of guy. Sure. Yeah, and if you're playing in best ball leagues, last round pick. Boom, Mike Boone. And the, the round before, Anthony Frickser. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> Okada, your thoughts, man. We got James White back in New England on a one-year deal. It was sad times for James White last year. You know, I really thought he was going to be used. They had no offensive weapons to speak of, none, and they still didn't use him. So do we care? Last year... The situation for James White was mo one of the most depressing things in fantasy because every year we have these mantras of things that are like, well, it's we're talking about this player again and they're going to do this and no one's going to think about it, but it's going to happen and you're going to love it. Like we, we talk about Marvin Jones, when we talk about James White, these guys that always produce, doesn't really matter what else is going on. And we were like, well, Tom Brady's gone, sure, but he's going to be one of the only offensive options, so he's still going to get a ton of work. Psych! That's the wrong number! He got no work. It was awful. And I believe, if I'm not even mistaken, that when John and I did our predictions show, we, we nailed the divisions and the MVP stuff and the Super Bowl stuff. We did. And, we did. and I made a prediction about James White, James White for my fantasy stuff that was like, I think even in the RB1 territory. And he just pooped I my pants. So the thing is about James White is that you and I were talking about White before we recorded that show, and we were writing down our notes of our predictions. And I remember this, oh, this very, very clearly. And you yep. were like, James White, top 15. And I was like, dude, he was top 15 the year before. Get spicier. And you're like, fine, fine. James White, RB8. And that's yeah. what you jotted <laughs> in to your to your note yep I agree. it made total sense and i don't know why when you literally don't have a receiver or a running back that you don't use the running back that can also be a receiver i thought that he was in a perfect position to produce a lot especially in ppr well that's the thing like years prior he was like rb 28 in standard but 14 in ppr because he caught so many passes and that's what i thought we were going to see last year and it just 
didn't happen. It was baffling. It made no sense. I think it's going to depend entirely on what happens at the quarterback position. What I'm doing, not only with James White, by the way, but with pretty much everybody. I don't know if on the last show we necessarily hit on the receivers, did we? We did. We talked okay. just briefly about Bourne and Aguilar. We mostly talked sure. about the tight ends. Yeah, that's what I remember. So if they get Mac Jones, the Mac Jones hype is rising, which is not good for them because it means he might not fall to pick 15. But if they get Mac Jones, I'm going to feel a lot better about a lot of these guys, possibly including James White. If they roll into this season with Cam Newton as a starter again, count me out, man. I am so done with Cam Newton as a starter. He is not good. And the offense is not good, and the passing game is not good when he is running it. And the whole passing game last year was one of the worst ever, and that's why James White suffered. So I'm not if you ha- I'm not doing anything with James White right now because I don't think it's going to be the case for anyone who's for anyone else in your league that they're going to be like watching the draft to determine what to do with James White. Nobody cares if he's on their bench. They've forgotten he was there because he was so bad last year. So I don't think you need to make a move now pre-draft to try to get ahead of the curve. Just wait and see what happens. If they get a good quarterback and things are looking up, maybe I send a late third for him, mid-third type of draft pick. Otherwise, I'm out. Cosine. Um, Real quick, and we can talk about this for literally seven seconds if you guys want to. Damian Williams signed a one-year deal with Chicago. Needed depth. Tariq Cohen's coming off the ACL injury. It's clearly the David Montgomery show there. Anything to add? I happen to be a bit of a Damian Williams truther. I have been yeah. in a couple years past. Yes, uh, mainly, yeah. mainly, I was the guy when you guys were freaking out about CEH. I said, guys, Damian Williams is good. He CEH cannot be the lead. And then, of course, Damian Williams opted out and made the argument completely invalid. But I think this hurts David Montgomery a little bit. I think Damian Williams can be a more explosive player than David Montgomery, and they might use him in situations where they want that. Uh, is it going to knock David Montgomery from you know RB18 to RB30? Of course not. But is it going to hurt him a little bit? I think so. A little bit. Hmm. Um, I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, listen, I, I don't think that David Montgomery was ever going to get 100% of the carries. They even tried to factor in, like, Ryan Nall last year into the backfield. Like, he he had a decent amount of But that is all they had to try to factor in. You've got to admit Damian Williams is better than Ryan Nall. Right, he is. Absolutely. I, I'm not as high on Damian Williams as you are, but I'm not stupid. He is an okay running back. But I do think that this is going to be a majority of David Montgomery's backfield. And I think that we're going to see Tariq Cohen come back and basically be a slot receiver like what he was previously before getting Top hurt. 30 running back in PPR, walking in. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that Damian Williams is going to be there to, like, back him up. I think that David Montgomery is still going to be in line for a good workload, like what they started to actually give him down the stretch last year. Now, how much do I trust Ryan Nagy not to F that up? Uh, well, that's that remains to be seen. So Nagy could Nagy himself right out of a really, really good running back and decide to make this a committee. But I- I'm going to stick with David Montgomery for now, and I don't really think that it moves the needle on his value for me. Now, when Damian yeah. Williams pulls a Joel Williams and out carries the lead back one week, then it's going to be a five-alarm fire. 
Yeah, there's a great article actually on the site from Kate looking at David Montgomery and the argument of like, you know, what do you do with this guy? Because it was the perfect storm of fantasy goodness last year down the stretch. Horrific defenses to go up against that were great matchups for fantasy. Literally no one else to take the ball from him in the backfield. He kind of got hot at the right time down the stretch. Fantasy managers remember the championship run. I don't know. You know, he's a guy that I think is he's fine as an RB2. If anyone in my league values him higher than that, great, you can have him. Otherwise, I'll probably just hold him because you know he's going to get work and you know the offense is fine. <laughs> it's fine. You know, it's Andy Dalton. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Perfectly fine. Mid-range yep. RB2, nothing more in my opinion. Man, this is just going to be the most vanilla ice cream offense in the entire NFL. Like, he gets the job done sometimes, but... Man. Can you imagine being these teams with these offenses, like the offensive coordinators for these teams, and then looking over at the Chiefs and watching them, and looking back at your own team? How much does that have to suck? <laughs> That's got to suck so bad. Just, there was uh, such a funny tweet from uh, Warren Sharp. He put this out today when the Bears tweeted a photo of Andy Dalton. Oh, yeah. QB1, and then like the smoke coming out of the nose uh, emoji. And he tweeted how things have changed over the last seven months. And literally, it's like three screenshots of tweets from the Chicago Bears verified accounts. The first being (laughs) Mitch Trubisky warming up, and it says QB1. The next one's Nick Foles' halftime stat line, QB1 with the picture. And now it's Andy Dalton, QB1. So whoever's running the Twitter account for the Bears, oh, it's not a good look. There's no one that I feel worse for in the NFL this month than the Chicago Bears media team. The the team in charge of social mm. media for the Bears trying they, they have to try and spin this to their fans. What do you even do? I'm just gonna leave it on this note. The, I now living in Chicago, I decided to follow the Chicago Bears on Instagram and it was a Photoshop picture of Andy Dalton in the jersey last week. And in the comments was the verified account for the city of Chicago. Oh, like yeah. Chicago laughing at the Bears for Andy Dalton being their quarterback <laughs> going into this season. That is what it's like you in Chicago hate right to see it. Oh, man. But but when they wear those, those orange jerseys with his hair, that's going to be Dalton's, nice. It's going to be very, like, it's going to be very... Very coordinated. Like, remember when? When he was a Bengal, remember when? The, exactly. The Why do you think they drafted him, bro? It's all it about is. the color coordination. That's all it is. Oh, Lord. Only we can talk for an hour about Mike Boone, Anthony Ferkser, and Andy Dalton. You don't True. get that on any other podcast. So, <laughs> listeners, we're going to close out the show on that note. Hope you guys you enjoyed all of our free agency coverage. Reminder, there's a free agency tracker on the website, courtesy of yours truly at ballblastfootball.com. John is pointing, if you're on YouTube, to where you can find those websites. And on Patreon, don't forget, .com slash ballblast. We have a jersey giveaway coming up very soon. Enter on patreon.com slash ballblast as well as other additional content. Follow me at the Fantasy PT. Follow Okada at Matt Okada. John is at John Helmkamp. And the show account is at Richards FF Pod. Until next time, we are the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Red Shirts FF Pod and check out ballblastfootball.com for all things fantasy football.